Sports betting, it's on everyone's mind right now, and Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. Before the game starts, live and play, or um, maybe you could just guess how your favorite player is going to perform. Canada plays at SIA, doing it right since 1997. With the most competitive odds, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head over to sportsinteraction.com slash STP. That's sportsinteraction.com slash STP. 19 plus, play responsibly. Hey, welcome to Age of Provocateur, Al Walsh, uh, Adam Wild. Exciting time of year. This is uh, the, the the regular season's winding down. This is going to be a great uh, episode because Boko Omama is joining us. Alan, uh, uh, I know we're going to get into a lot of your relationship with him and his story and everything. But if you could sum up Boko in a couple of sentences, what would you say people are in for with him? Well, I think you're going to get a sense of uh, the kind of character he has the respect that he garners uh, in every dressing room he's ever been in and really around the league. The last five, six days, I have received so many messages from players in the NHL who haven't even met him, who have said, hey, uh, give Boko my best. Congrats on the call up and playing his first NHL game. This guy is universally loved and respected by everybody, but really from the guys that he's played with in the past, guys he played with in Ontario, guys he played with in junior. I'm getting messages so happy for him. You know, he's 25 years old, playing his first NHL game. There uh, seems to be, it's more in hockey than in any other sport. If you don't play your, you get to the NHL and start playing by 22 or 23, you're you're somehow washed up and over the hill and you're never going to make it. Whereas in other sports, you're just coming into your own at 25 and lots of players, athletes come into the pro leagues at that age. Hockey's always been more on the younger side of breaking in. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of rare for a guy 25, 26 to be playing their first uh, NHL game anyways. So in, in that respect, I think that just across the league uh, and, and across the, the, the world of the people that he's uh, interacted with, come into contact with, played with, guys who've coached him, everyone's just so happy for him and his family that he's, that, that, that he's made it. So, well, obviously, we're going to talk to him in a couple minutes here, and we'll get into his whole story, which is uh, an amazing one. Uh, he's a fighter, real fighter, and uh, I kind of it's 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 kind of perfect that he's a, a client of yours, Alan, because that's sort of what you're known for is fighting for people. It's great. Um, so, so I, I think you know, as the season winds down, you got at least from the outside, you've got two types of clients at this point, Alan. You've got the clients that are going to the playoffs and the clients that aren't. So. What is your job as an agent at the end of the season? Do you have responsibilities? Do you need to get around? What's what's on your schedule right now? So I've tried to get around the last couple of weeks and see guys face-to-face who are likely or who are not going to make the playoffs mm. uh, and, and sort of have meetings wrapping up the season uh, seeing, you know, checking in on their contracts. Some guys have a year left, two years left. Other guys are approaching 
uh, whether it's restricted free agency with arbitration rights, restricted free agency without arbitration rights, unrestricted free agency, start to put a plan in place for the summer. Mm. Uh, And also at the end of every season, there's a process that players go through. Uh, There's medicals. So you need to really interact with your clients on if they have any lingering health issues that need to be uh, highlighted on their end of season medical forms Mm -hmm. that they sign off on. Uh, If you don't include uh, any injuries at that time on that form, there are some legal implications uh, that might come to play in the future by that information not being there. Mm -hmm. So you're giving players reminders about all that, making sure everybody's up to date on their per diem uh, and that there's no trailing payments. There's a, a time period at the end of the season where if you don't assert a benefit that has not been received, you could lose it. Okay. So you want to check in on all of that. There's always a, a end of season exit interview where player sits down with the coaching staff and the general manager. And I always want to sit down with the player and talk about their, their exit meetings before they, um, head to the summer, head back home. Uh, Some players want to stay in their club city for a couple of weeks. Some players want to go back right away. Some players are going back to Europe. Some players are going, you know, back to Canada. So there's a lot of logistical, busy work to be done. Uh, Some of it is very important, actually, uh, especially when it comes to exit interviews and medicals and so forth. But it's, it's a busy time. And that's why I like to get in front of those guys before the end of the season. And, you know, that, that's got to be pretty intimidating sitting in front of your, your, all of your bosses. Uh, so you've got your, the coach and the GM uh, going into those meetings. Do you tell players anything is just a, it's sort of like, Hey, want to flesh this out. Um, how do you prepare them for that? Well, we, we talk about it first, you know, how was the season? Mm-hmm. What are the likely questions that they're going to be asked? Uh, what they might want to share with a coach or a general manager or not share. Mm -hmm. So sure. We players don't go in programmed in any way, but certainly I have a detailed discussion with the player about, okay, we're, we're here now. What's our short-term goals for the summer and for the beginning of next year. And sometimes there's family implications. Is a player single. Is he 22 years old? 23 years old? Is he married with three kids? Mm-hmm. And and at the end of a contract, is he in the middle of a contract? So those are all things that you sit there and talk about. Uh, you know, here's where we're at. Here's where I see it going in the summer. Here's where I see things next year. Where do you see things? Mm. You know, does this mm-hmm. meet with your goals? What do you want? And it's a great time to check in and visit with each other. On, on on those really important issues. Um, I was tagged in a few tweets this week about a specific team in the uh, Pacific Division that may or may not have surprisingly missed the playoffs. And a lot of people are sort of reaching out and saying, I wonder if Alan has any comment 
on said specific team. So I have to ask the question before we get to Boko. Alan Walsh, do you have any comment? Uh, What team are you talking about? Uh, I believe they are called the Vegas Golden Knights. Ah, Vegas. There's some history Uh, there. I it's it's almost to me comical how many people think that I'm not cheering for Vegas or somehow uh, happy that they haven't made the playoffs. I'm getting messages on on Twitter. Some people have sent uh, text messages. The truth is, I represent Max Pacioretty. And Max Pacioretty is a key player on Vegas, and I want him to succeed. Whatever's happened in the past, everybody's moved on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've moved on. Flowers moved on. Um, he's in a great place. He's heading to the playoffs for the 16th consecutive season. And we're not looking back at Vegas and saying, oh, we're so happy. <laughs> They haven't made the playoffs. I'm actually kind of sad for Max Mm -hmm. that uh, there isn't going to be any playoff hockey right now uh, in Vegas. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for Max. Um, I'm sorry for the fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm too busy and I got too many things going on to spend energy uh, wishing ill on anybody else, especially uh, NHL franchise. Fair enough. I I really uh, well thought out and and a very pointed answer. I think the one thing I will say is that one of the first conversations you and I had, uh, we talked about Marc-Andre Fleury and we talked about the belief that he has in himself and seeing what he has done in Minnesota, especially the last 10 games, which he's just been on fire. Unbelievable. Um, I wondered if, because you told me at the time when we talked last summer, he had just won the Vesna trophy. You said, Marco Andre Fleury, one thing I can tell you about him is he never, he he would never not bet on Marc Andre Fleury. Um, what do you say to, you know, he's picked up, he's moved again, he's been traded, and he's been on fire and he's going to the playoffs. What do you say about Marc Andre Fleury now, Al? Well, I would say the same thing. Uh, he has always believed in himself. And uh, from the time that I first met him when he was 15 years of age, uh, he's had a, a very, I mean, he, he makes you feel happy and joyful being around him. Yeah. And, and the one thing I hear about everywhere where he's played is how much joy he brings to a dressing room, whether it was Pittsburgh or, or Vegas, uh, even in his brief time in Chicago, I think he really made an impact on the dressing room. And, and on the community, the fans loved him. And I went to a game after he was traded to Minnesota. And I'm seeing all these flurry Chicago Blackhawk jerseys everywhere <laughs> in the crowd. And I'm like, oh, my God, like there were more flurry Blackhawk jerseys than any other player. I, I mean, they must have been selling them by the second. I don't know. But to see Mark now again. Mm-hmm. Facing a new challenge in a new city, um, getting to know players. Uh, I, you know, he really doesn't have anybody on Minnesota that he's played with previously. So he's got like his whole repertoire repertoire 
of practical jokes and pranks <laughs> that he's recycling again through uh, a bunch of new guys. The greatest and, hits. <laughs> uh, the greatest hits. Like, here we go again. Right. So there's, it, he's, he, he's excited for the playoffs. He's looking forward to it. And I think all of last year, he kind of played the whole season with, uh, with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, it, it meant a lot to him to win the Vezina and it wasn't just given it to, given to him. Mm-hmm. He, he, he earned it. He yep. was uh, the best goalie in the NHL last year. And, uh, and I think now the chance to go on another run in the playoffs with a new team, it's really exciting for him. Well, congratulations to him. Pass on our best. We hope he rejoins us at some point. Uh, And in the meantime, shall we get to Boko Amama? Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of Agent Provocateur. I'm Alan Walsh with Adam Wild. How are you, Adam? I'm great, Alan. I I am very excited for today. We are here today with our guest. Our guest is 25 years old, born and raised in Montreal, played his junior hockey uh, for most of his junior hockey career with the St. John uh, Sea Dogs in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, where in his last year of junior hockey, he scored 41 goals. 41. (laughs) Uh, He was drafted in 2015. Uh, in the sixth round by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, he was traded to the LA Kings organization where he signed and played uh, in Ontario in the American Hockey League. He was then traded to the Arizona Coyotes where he's played in Tucson and recently has come up to play his first NHL game with the Arizona Coyotes scoring a goal in his second game against St. Louis. A big welcome to the show, Boko Imama. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. That was a great presentation. Uh, (laughs) You're impressed me there. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just so that everybody knows, uh, Boko, you and I work together. I've been your agent now for about a, what, a year, year and a half? Yes, so uh, happy, happy to have joined uh, uh, the family, and it's been great uh, working with Alan. Yeah, for about a year now, uh, that was our full, our first uh, full season together. Yeah, and uh, we've had we've had some fun together, and uh, you've really made some uh, great start strides in your career. Um, let's talk a little bit about where it all began uh, in Montreal, my hometown, your hometown. Why don't you talk a little bit about growing up in Montreal and uh, some of your minor hockey experiences in Montreal? Yeah, I mean, every kid that grew up in Montreal know how uh, how magical uh, this city is, especially if you're a young uh, uh, hockey player. Just everything it's around hockey, and uh, yeah, I just had so so many so much great me- memories with uh, you know, all the hockey friends that that I had along the way, and playing hockey in Montreal would just uh, uh, so the best and to, you know, to, to keep playing today, it's even more, it's even more amazing. So how did you start? Yeah. So, uh, 
I started when I was about four, three, four years old, just like uh, every other kids. But I was playing uh, every every sports. I was into basketball. I played soccer. I played football. I played baseball. So I was just all over the place. Uh, my dad was actually just taking me everywhere. And uh, and then, yes, and then hockey was in the mix, too. And uh, hockey is the one that stuck. And uh, who did you play for minor hockey in Montreal? Yeah, so minor hockey in Montreal. Play for uh, NDG, so it was uh, NDG hockey. That's where I grew up in uh, uh, in that neighborhood uh, over there. So uh, I forgot what was the name of my team at the time, but I still this is still over there. The whole uh, association. And uh, were there other people of color playing hockey with you back then? So. Uh, from what I remember, I, I did have a few teammates uh, in minor hockey that, uh, you know, uh, players of color. And, uh, and, then, and yeah, you know, some years they would just disappear. You will just never see them again for maybe, you know, four or five seasons. And then, oh, and then you will see, uh, you know, you'll have the chance to, to see another one. So, yeah. So, it's been, yeah, it's, it's been kind of like that uh, throughout my career. Did you experience any racism when you were younger and playing minor hockey? Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, and and you know, I can't really go back on a lot of experience, but it just it's just the feeling, and I just remember how I felt. You know, like I said earlier, I was playing uh, different sports. You know, and in football, there was a lot of players that that uh, that looked like me, and uh, so in, in the football atmosphere, it was just more uh, organic for me. I would say. But when I was more into the hockey world, for sure, it was, uh, you know, uh, a lot of obstacles. Sometimes it was a little bit challenges to, you know, be uh, you know, the, the only person of color and, to, and, to, and just to feel that uh, you're the only person of color in a room, too. So you and I had a conversation earlier in the year, and you told me something that uh, stayed with me. And I've thought about a lot since um since you said it uh when i was a kid growing up the hockey arena was my safe place sanctuary all the problems of a little kid that you know um my parents divorced when i was young um there was some turmoil back home in the house and i always felt when i went into the hockey arena I was entering my safe place. And you made a comment to me about how when you went into the hockey arena, you were leaving your safe place and going into a, a, a place that, that wasn't safe. Can you, can you talk about that? Yes. So I love that question, Alan, because... And we did talk about that, and it's and it's funny because it's a it's a little mix of both. So as much that when I was on the ice and actually doing uh, what I like, which was playing hockey, I did feel safe. Me skating, uh, passing the puck, being with the boys, and just doing all that. But I knew that you know it's you know there might be. You know, I might get called something. I was always worried that, like, something may happen that day. You know, some day, some weeks, some months, I would get lucky and just, you know, have five months in a row where, you know, I, I didn't get called anything or nothing has happened. But 
I, I knew that at some point it, it would have come back. So it was it was a little bit mix of both. So I did enjoy being in that atmosphere, but I also knew that it, it may come with a price. And you ended up uh, moving on to play in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Um, at what time of your life did you set your sights on becoming a professional hockey player and start thinking about uh, the NHL as a realistic goal as opposed to just the dream that we all have when we're all kids playing hockey? Yeah, I will think it's, uh, you know, when I got drafted, when I was, uh, you know, 18 years old, my 16-year-old season, which, which I was a rookie, you know, I was, I didn't even think I would have, even going to make the team. I, I think the team that drafted me was Big Homo. And at that time, they had so many first-round picks. I was a fourth-round pick, and I was a 16-year-old, and they were keeping just a certain amount. So, but, you know, they decided to keep me. They, 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 saw, uh, they, they saw something good in me, obviously, physically. Uh, I think it gave me an edge, for sure. But uh, even when all that stuff was happening, for me, it was really at 18. When I got drafted, and that's to put on an NHL jersey for the shirt for the first time. That's when I knew that, you know, I was going to give my all. And I just never looked back since. How did you find out you got drafted by Tampa? Uh, so I was at the draft actually myself. So uh, my mom was, uh, was there with me and uh, my sister. And uh, yeah, I still remember it like it was, uh, like it was yesterday. And I remember when the sixth round, when the sixth round was starting, I remember having great conversations with Tampa, and, and, they, and they're the one that told me that, that I should actually show up to the draft. And uh, I remember when the sixth round started, uh, Tampa had two pick, two picks uh, late in the, in the rounds too. And I told my mom, I think and, uh, one of those picks uh, is, is going to be me. And uh, uh, when they were about to announce it, as soon as they said uh, St. John Sea Dogs, because the Sea Dogs had a lot of prospects that could have got uh, drafted that year. But uh, even even though it could have been the Nauru Sea Dog, I knew it was uh, it was my name, and and it was, and it was just such a great day. So you ended up going to a development camp with Tampa after getting drafted. Uh, that was your first time being around an NHL team with other players who were drafted, meeting uh, NHL coaches, getting on the ice. What was that whole experience like? So actually, I. When I did the development camp for Montreal when I was uh, 17. I was undrafted that year. That's and right. I got, yeah, and I got an invite. But still, the one in Temple was uh, as special also. And just to be around that atmosphere and to, to see the to, to see the, the NHL veterans and the, and the coaches and, and the whole setting and everything that's going on behind the scene, it just, it just to feel, I, I remember feeling it, and it just to feel... It never, never got. I just wanted to be in that environment so much. It's such. It was so like, uh, like in uh, how can I say that? Like obsessive, pretty much. So, so yeah, it just gave me that uh, that motivation. What did you, What did you learn from the development camps? What were the 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 big takeaway for you uh, from your first and second experiences uh, going to those camps? Just uh, just about being pretty much uh, a pro, you know, because I feel like you're, you're going through all those things at a really young age. But uh, there's a lot of things in life that we don't even know about. 
but to, to be around the older people's get guys with that they have family at home see how they handle uh, how they handle their their self their career uh, it's uh, it's all that stuff that just that just help it's not just uh, being a hockey player on the ice it's a uh, it's way more than that so to be in an, an environment like this which is so much uh, beneficial for a young a young player yeah Adam, you want to jump in? Yeah, I'm. I'm curious, Boko, and I'm. I'm going to rewind here to your to to the draft day for a second here because you were with your mom and your yeah. sister. I'm just curious about. Do you remember what they said to you immediately after? Does do you remember those moments? Like, do you remember what happened when they you know they said St. John Sea Dogs? Did you even get to hear your name, or did you just know? I I, I want to know uh, kind of how that was for you. Yeah. Um. I I think I did hear my name. I I, I think I did hear my name. <laughs> Uh, probably like just the first letter, and and, and then you know my, my name is so so much different from the rest of all the hockey players out there. So I I just knew I, I just knew it was uh, it was me, and then yeah, and, and I'm just remember I seeing Steve Steve Eiserman just standing there and telling me you know welcome to well, welcome to the team and all that. I was just I was starstruck and at the same time so you know happy for myself. It was just so much. Uh, so much feeling is going on. So, yeah. Yeah. It's got to be pretty overwhelming walking up to the legend that is Steve Eiserman and shaking his hand and taking a Jersey and all of those things too. That, that's got to be a lot. Yeah, it is. It, it is definitely, but uh, that's what it's all about too. Mm. Now, when you were growing up, did you have a, a player that you uh, emulated or uh, modeled your game after? Um, I would say like, uh, yes, for sure. Like, uh, Jerome Ginla, obviously, you know, he was, a he's a legend and obviously being a, a, a player of color, uh, Vigny Le Cavalier, uh, when I was at that time being a young kid playing in minor hockey in Montreal, he was like, he, he, he was a legend himself. You know, he was having those good years, but, uh, with uh, with Tampa Bay, but you know, obviously those guys are all the uh, Hall of Famer goal scorers, you know, unlike me. But uh, yeah, there were still <laughs> there were still uh, two two players that I really uh, enjoy watching younger. Yeah, well, forty one goals in St. John in the queue are, are, are a lot of goals. You were uh, <laughs> inside the the top goal scorers of the league. Yeah, so uh, for sure it was. Uh, you know, looking back at it, it's for sure a great accomplishment for me and for my career. And, uh, yeah, going back in that year, uh, you know, I just remember uh, we had the team to, to to win it all that year. And it was also a proving year with, uh, with Tampa Bay. I was trying to sign, uh, you know, my first uh, my first professional contract. And, uh, and yeah, so I think that was the year for me to, to prove uh, how, uh, you know, how – how can I say that? <laughs> uh, Tell me, I'll, prove prove that you were great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would love to say that, but just to prove, just to prove that I can bring more than the the, the physical aspect. So, so to put up forty, well, I was I was even with twenty, I was happy, but to go to go uh, till forty was just uh, a huge accomplishment. And and what's interest what's interesting about that too is your playoff success. You had seventeen points that year in eighteen playoff games, and that. You know that that means a lot. Uh, absolutely, and uh, I think I think that's when I that's when I play my best when the when when the stake is higher and everything. And 
and yeah, in playoffs, uh, playoffs, uh, everything uh, was uh, was going good. Still, obviously, we won, we won the championship, and uh, it was just a great uh, overall year. So, uh, in, in the last uh, week, you've been called up to the NHL, and you've played three NHL games. Uh, there's another game tomorrow. Uh, tell us what it felt like when you got the call and you knew that you were going to play your first NHL game. What was that like? It was the the, the best feeling of my life. <laughs> best feeling of my life for sure. Uh, you know, the moment you get the call and you hang up and you you pro- and you process everything that's uh, that's going on, it's it's like you're not it's like you're not really there, right? You just you're just still processing everything. But then that was pretty quick. I was pretty quick to come back to my senses since just to be, you know, it was a short notice. I was playing the the, the night right after and I didn't want to miss uh, my chance to do good. So I also I also made sure that, you know, mentally I was prepared to focus. And uh, but yeah, like I said, it was just a dream come true. Though, man. The excitement level was uh, was really high. I got to tell you something I haven't shared with you yet. When you got called up and it was announced, I was getting text messages from players all around the NHL. I was getting text messages from players uh, in the American League that you played with, your your teammates and former teammates. Um, I was getting messages from your former coaches and junior. I was getting and and I, I have never in any player that I've represented in 27 years had a client called up to the NHL and had such a overwhelming response from everybody about how happy they were for you. I mean, you're just loved out there by people you've played with uh, and, and just as significantly People you've played against that have never played with you, and that's you know that's what was even you know sweeter. And uh, I got I got this. I received that support uh, also, Alan. And to see how much people actually did reach out to me, you know, guys that I played uh, played against, you know, guys that I just just everyone reaching out to me, telling how much you know. Uh, how happy they are for me, and how it, it, it just meant it, it, it just meant so much, and uh, I, I'm I'm really happy to I'm and honored, you know, to to have that impact on people and to see and that people see that in me, and, the, and that's a guy, and and that's a guy I want to be too. So uh, it just just everything, Alan, you know, everything in the last in the last few days. I can't be more I can't be more uh, thankful. Well, you didn't just play three games; you also scored your first NHL goal. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, describe the play to us. Well, well, look, I just closed my eyes and, and went to the net. Like, that's it. You know, I saw that, uh, you know, there was a transition going on and, you know, my teammate, he was carrying the puck uh, down the wall, so just charge at the net. And, uh, yeah, just went there hard. Just went there hard, battle, and, uh, you know, finish strong. Like uh, like I love to do when I have a chance. And uh, I remember going around the defender and seeing that puck get slipped to the open ice right into my, uh, 
to my blade and I, I remember my, my eyes being so big and I was just like, oh my God, don't miss that box. Don't miss that box. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> when, uh, when I finally saw the puck uh, one in this one, I, I don't even know. I, I, I think I kind of blacked out there for a few seconds, but uh, once I was with all the boys, you know, they were giving me hugs and saying congrats. You will never forget that one and everything. That's when every, the, the feeling kind of sunk in and you can see when I'm heading back to the to the line there. You can see how the emotions uh, kind of set in me. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Scoring a, a first NHL goal is always a, a, a monumental moment in an unforgettable moment in everybody's career. But you really, if you watch carefully and see you when you're skating back to the bench, you see at one point the emotions take over a bit and almost overwhelm you. And, uh, uh, you know, just seeing that look on your face and uh, the, the wonder and excitement that was going through you at the time was, was incredibly special to see. Absolutely. Alan, you know, all those years, you know, all those years of grind of uh, GMs telling, you know, uh, you're going back to the uh, DHL. You see, you, you got to work on this. You got to work on, on that. And, you know, just to have that, it's it just a relief too. at the same time. It's just a relief. And uh, like I said, just motivation for more. Um, Did you ever give up? Did you ever say to yourself, well, Maybe I'm never going to play a game in the NHL. Maybe I'm just going to be a, a career American League player. Uh, or did you always have the belief that you would break through? No, I always had that belief that I was going to break through. That, that, that's no doubt in my mind. Even when I was sent out to the East Coast, you know, even though I was, you know, a couple leagues away, you know, my character was still the same. My belief was still the same. Uh, how I felt about myself was still the same. So I knew. You know, I, you, you don't know it's going to happen. Obviously, you want that to happen, but I kind of knew, too, it was going to happen because I knew I was not going to give up. When I, when I saw you score the goal, uh, right away, uh, they showed your family in the crowd mm. uh, who were at the game cheering you on. Uh, so what was that like, knowing that they were there to see it live? That's <laughs> so, Yeah. Alan, like I said, too too many great feelings was going was going on, and and just just for them to be, you know, they, they missed the the first game because of flight flight complications, you know, and uh, obviously I believe in myself, so I'm like, oh, maybe I'm gonna have the first goal in the first game, you know, but good <laughs> thing that uh, they missed it and they made it to the second night, and that's when I scored the uh, uh, the goal, and yeah, it just just a cherry on top. So you I, had your mom and dad and your two sisters at the game. Yes. Mom and dad and two of my sisters. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Alan, I got to ask you, I got to ask you because you, you've seen this a few times in your years in the NHL. Um, when you've got a client like Boko who's worked so hard for so long and something like that happens, families there. Um, what are your feelings? How do you feel as an agent? Hmm. Well, you feel in incredibly proud and, uh, and you, you revel in the moment. You, you feel the same joy for the family uh, and, and, and for your client. Um, you, you really do. It's an incredibly gratifying moment seeing somebody that you care about um, 
experiencing, you know, uh, uh, such a momentous event that, you know, they will remember for the rest of their lives. So it's, it's, it's really, it's, you feel almost overwhelmed yourself watching it happen, you know, before your eyes. And, and I mean, you know, I, I, Boko, I think what's so amazing about this obviously is, is the fact that the two of you hooked up because Alan, Alan's a guy who likes to fight for his guys. Um, you're a guy who like your team player, you like to fight for your guys. I, I got to ask how you guys even got connected in the first place, because um, obviously they came on a little in the last year, year and a half. Am I correct in that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, you know, everybody knows, everybody knows who's uh, Alan Walsh is. There's no <laughs> doubt. There's no doubt in that. No, but is honestly, he, is he visible? Is Alan Walsh uh, a known quantity around the league or? <laughs> <laughs> I think he is. I think he is. He, Does he have something him. to say? It's weird. I don't know. I've never heard of him. Never had an opinion on anything. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, and he he has represented a lot of my a uh, lot of uh, teammates, a lot of my friends. So obviously, I kind of I I knew him without you know really getting a chance to to meet him or you know talk to him or anything like that. But uh, you know, this past summer, I I just I decided to. Uh, to, to reach out. I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to work with Alan and I'm more than happy that he, he took me in and he's been treating me as uh, like I was a top client. And uh, so it's, it's been good ever since. And I'm just, I'm just more than happy. Do you remember that first phone call, Alan? Sure. Sure. It was in the summer and uh, I gave Boko a call and he explained to me a little bit about where he was uh, in his career and um, um, talked a little bit about his his contract uh, that was up uh, and sort of we had a good discussion about his career goals. Uh, I clearly saw uh, uh, a player and a person who believed in himself and was incredibly passionate about the game of hockey. Um, I had... Uh, heard a lot about Boko from my clients and I knew how loved he was in the room by the players that he played with. Um, I knew how respected uh, and feared he was by players he played against. Uh, (laughs) And uh, uh, it was, uh, I was honored that he reached out and, you know, we had a good 45 minute to one hour conversation uh, to start things off. And, uh, we took it from there. Wow. So pretty successful first year, I'd say. And, and Boko, you know, playing your first few games, do you remember what it was like, you know, uh, to, to put on that, the, the Jersey for the first time in the NHL. And did Alan send you any text messages? Because apparently he's known for shooting people a, a, a text that gets you really fired up before your first game. All right. We've talked, uh, uh, we've talked with Alan. I think he he just let me. He, he everyone kind of let me enjoy the enjoy my 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 moment. Uh, like I said, it was really a short notice, but I did have him. I did had a text from Alan, but in my mind, everything was already set. I, I didn't need a, an extra text to fire me up. <laughs> uh, that was it. <laughs> that was it. I was getting my shot, and I was just going through a wall. Yeah. Yeah. What what I like to do in that situation is is not. Um, take the momentousness of the moment too seriously and lighten it up a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. So I think I sent uh, Boko a message like, uh, do me a favor and don't kill anyone tonight oh, <laughs> or yeah. something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, we, I could, I, I know Boko was uh, laughing on the, uh, on the other side. And I think he sent me back a message, something like, I can't promise you anything. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. You know, so that was uh, that was a lot of fun. And, and I heard without mentioning names, no names, that in uh, one of your three games, uh, there was a uh, player on the ice from uh, one of the opposing teams who's fairly high profile and fairly well known for being physical, who uh, uh, Boko may have uh, challenged at some point who uh, uh, stood down and made a comment to one of Boko's t- teammates about how there was no way in the world he was going to fight Boko. <laughs> so uh, that was, uh, I got a good, when I, when somebody called me and, and told me that story, I got a good chuckle out of it. I was like, you know what? That guy's a pretty smart guy. <laughs> yeah. So Boko, let's talk a little bit about um, off the ice and away for the away from the game. What would you say are your your top uh, interests away from actually playing about hockey or thinking about hockey? Yeah, I will go. My top interests, I, I will go for sure my family, no doubt. Uh, I have to say my family, no doubt. So whenever we have a chance to just all be together, spend some time together, make memories, you know, that that's that's what I like to do. And uh, we're just trying to, you know, enjoy that uh, as much as I can. and. Uh, and yeah. And what about uh, other things aside from family? Any other uh, top interests for you, hobbies off the ice? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, uh, you know, let's say, let's say I go into summer for sure, like a, a good round of golf, a good round of golf. It's always nice, nice afternoon, you know, after working out, you know, getting a chance, uh, you know, getting a chance to do that. I'm also a big uh, sports fan in general, too. I enjoy watching or, you know, going to a lot of sporting events and just, just you know, digging more into the sporting world, I would say. So if Alan and I were to go golfing with you, how competitive would you be? So I'm more of like the the, the entertainer. Okay. Right? Yeah. So I should have bought 100. I should have bought 100. <laughs> but, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good, but I make sure you know there's uh, there's some drinks and uh, a lot of laughs. Yeah, that that is pretty good. Hundred is pretty good. Um, go. I'm usually a guy who goes through um, lots of different golf clubs in a uh, in, in a day. <laughs> I'm 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 breaking you know my driver by the third tee, and. Uh, <laughs> And and the putter is gone by the by the by the fifth hole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you know something is always flying out of my hands accidentally, of course. Putting with and, the wedge, uh, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite. Everything is a good shot for me as long as I hit the ball. It's a good shot for me, and I'm celebrating. So we're the opposite. <laughs> uh, Boko, you know it's it, it's. Uh, uh, the story that you have is inspirational for a lot of reasons. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure the last week, week and a half felt a bit like dreamland for you. Like it's just been probably you've been floating on cloud nine. Have you had the chance to really soak in what's going on? Has this, has this really become real for you yet? 
I, I, I mean, not really, because, you know, tomorrow, a uh, game against Nashville, for me, that's, that's, that's like me getting my first game just over again. I want to, I want to keep proving who Boko Imbaba is. And I'm, I'm just in the, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much focused on the work that I have to do. And I feel like, you know, maybe when the summer, summer time will hit and I'll be back home with some family, you know, around some barbecue time, maybe I'll get to uh, enjoy uh, the last, uh, the last few days. But, but right now it's, uh, I'm pretty much still, uh, still focused on what's coming next. I love that. Yeah. And, uh, Talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the challenges that some players might face uh, playing in in Arizona or any other place where the weather's warm. Uh, I know the weather's pretty warm right now in Phoenix. Um, you know, not necessarily traditional hockey weather. Um, what's what's that been like for you? I've been pretty lucky in my throughout my professional season. Even when I was with the LA Kings uh, system, that's a that's a live in California. It's beautiful weather too, having uh, you know the nice palm trees and the you know you know all the good stuff. And uh, it's like Arizona. It's uh, I think it's even warmer than uh, than California. The the heat is really serious, so you got to be ready to you know drink a lot of water. You got to take care of yourself too. Uh, distraction wise, you also gotta, you also gotta be careful, right? When it's nice out every day and people are out and enjoying yourself, but you know, you gotta, you gotta get ready for games, but, uh, all in all, I just love it. Uh, I love it out here in the West and, uh, I'm just, uh, I feel lucky to play here. What's your favorite city on the road? Hmm. Hmm. I will... Well, I, I really enjoy coming to Arizona, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, for us in our division, I'll have to say uh, Vegas. Mm. Also, yeah. more, do you do you miss you don't miss the winters at all, do you? No, no, no. I don't. I don't miss the winter at all. I don't miss the winter at all. I always felt like I talked to Alan about it too, and you know, I'm the only one that's living in a winter climate of the three of us on this uh, on this podcast right now. And I, uh, Alan likes to tell me, Boko, every time we talk what the temperature is in L.A., just so I know, especially in mid-January. Um, so I don't think I'd miss the winter either. I, as much as I love a rink, I, I think I, I think it's got to be kind of cool to leave the hockey rink and walk out and have the sunshine like it is behind you right now. Oh, it's nice. It's nice. Just shorts, shorts and flip-flops. And uh, you just go about your business. So that, that's, that, that's what I really like. You know, it's like on practices. You just have uh, three, four hours in the morning of hard work, of focus, and then you get to enjoy uh, uh, the rest of the day. Yep. Yep. Well, listen, Boko, it's been amazing having you here. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Uh, really enjoyed uh, everyone getting to know you a little bit more. And uh, it's been an incredible last week. Uh, you've got another game tomorrow. And then uh, what will probably be a very interesting offseason for us together. Uh, so thank you very much again. Alan, thanks to you. And uh, thank you, Adam, for, uh, for the show also. Well, it's great to see the good guys win, Boko. And uh, good luck tomorrow and good luck this summer. And I, I hope this isn't the last time. Let's have you on again next year. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll try to 
to have good performance to see you guys on here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>